Hi, I'm Vicky Roach, and I'm a Ewan woman living on Ewan country, southeast coast. I'm a survivor of the stolen generations, and I've spent many years in the prison system. And I'm Kutcher Edwards. My mob's a mutty mutty, yorta yorta, yitta yitta, nary nary. I, too, am a survivor of the Stolen Generations. I'm a singer-songwriter, a broadcaster, and one of the founders of Beyond the Bars Prism Radio Broadcasts. Hey, Vicky, do you know what this series is about? Are we doing a series? You better tell me what it's called, then. 20 Years on the Inside. Hmm... Yeah, I probably did around that long all up. Yeah, me too. In children's homes and other institutions. Let's face it, this whole country is a prison of sorts for blackfellas, dating right back to invasion. This series reflects on 20 years of listening to our mobs on the inside as part of the Beyond the Bars prison broadcast. We'd both like to acknowledge you, the custodians of all the traditional lands where individuals are tuning in today. And just a warning, this series features the voices of family, friends and relatives that have now passed, as well as strong content and themes including experiences of racism, violence, child abuse and drug and alcohol references. Culture is ancient, strong and ever-present within Aboriginal people. And culture remains in our spirit when we're in prison, even when our physical presence to the land is cut off. Today's episode is about the journey of cultural connection and finding creative expression within the confines of an institution. When you're marching down there, people, hey, just... Remember that we weren't here 40,000 friggin' years ago, as they say. Like, we was here at the dawn of time. Mm. Aboriginal man and Aboriginal woman stood on this planet and saw the first sun rise and saw the first sunset, saw the first stars gather together, saw the birds take their first flight. So some clown, and this government especially, they have the audacity to tell you that uh, you've only been here 40,000 years. You just tell them where to go. Do you know your totem? Yeah, um, up in Queensland it's Goanna and down here it's the long-necked turtle. Yeah. Deadly, yes. As yeah. far as I know. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, good um, for long neck and and goanna. Eh? Mm. So I connect right. more to the goanna side of things. More, yeah. I reckon more. When I go up there, I, I don't know. I feel more connection with my mother's side rather. Even though I was brought up by my father's. Yeah, I can feel more connection with my mother's side. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny, hey. Because when I see palm trees and all that, I feel yeah, real at home. Yeah, real at home and yeah. really strong. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, um, sometimes our our cultures were matriarchal, eh, from our mum's side too, yeah. so, you know. And isn't it like you sort of stick with the mother's side, I don't know, in tribal ways? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's pretty strong in Aboriginal culture that I know of, but, yeah. Yes. That's much as I know anyway, yeah. 
That's good. That's yeah. good. I mean, do you see that um, side of your Goanna? Do you see that as um, in different um, parts of your personality? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, the way you walk around? No, or? no, I don't walk like a Goanna. <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, what great. way, I don't know, when I was young, I used to love climbing trees and, I don't know, goannas, some goannas climb trees, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, they do with their big claws, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Get up there, no, because yeah. um, it, it's good because our animals are a part of us, yeah. hey, how we are, you yeah. know, and they're cheeky. But all kids climb trees, I don't know why I said that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, shame. No, good, good. And are you allowed to eat, Goanna? No. No? No. So describe... It's not good to eat, Totem. I, um, yeah. No, it's not, yeah. That's right. So, I mean, in Indigenous culture too, we, we're, we're not meant to eat our... That's right, yeah. ...totems. Why is that? Um, I don't know. Oh, it's hard to explain. Um, you're eating a part of... a part of you, really, and that's... it's like... I don't know, it's not good. I just know it's not good. Yeah, because yeah. our ancestors yeah. and... Yeah. Yeah, that's him. Well, no, good. And, and I mean, you're lucky to grow up and have this knowledge, hey? Yeah. I thank my aunt a lot, my father's sister. She had a lot to do with, um, oh, was the referendum? Yes, what, yeah, in 67? Yeah, she had a lot to do with that and sort of land rights sort of stuff. So, And she taught me a lot about... Um, like the way of Aboriginal people when I was young. So thank you, Annie Josie. Yeah. Deadly. And that's good for us to be able to thank our people out there now. Yeah. Eh? And more other relatives from Warrawa College, like their relatives too, like Annie Geraldine Briggs, that's a grand aunt, or more or less cousin, but she was recognised for teaching other kids. Yeah. The opportunity to practice culture in prison is virtually non-existent and really difficult too. Like, how, how, how do you practice culture within a system that is the complete antithesis to your culture? It doesn't just not acknowledge it, it actively um, disencourages it. Is it practiced individually? How do you conceptualize it, Big? Uh, I think it's I think it's practiced individually in people's art outside of, um, but to to practice culture on an on a, any deeper level than that is is almost impossible. And this is just not my intellect speaking. It's my. Um, my spirits, my spirit has a tendency to externalize itself. Anything we do is culturally relevant in the environment in which we've been either placed or have had to endure. I remember as a kid, Vicky, and especially being institutionalized the way that I was and at school, and you'd be staring out the window while the teacher's delivering whatever, and you'd be you'd be just off in the distance. I can relate to that. Yeah, that's our dreaming. That's our true dreaming. That's that's not daydreaming. That's that's us. <laughs> <laughs> 
that's that's us as Aboriginal people dreaming in a cultural sense. And what we're doing is we're in a sense astral travelling as Native Americans and and shape shifting. That's what we're doing. And the teacher would pull you back, pull you back and say, Mr. Edwards, you're daydreaming again. And you'd sort of snap out of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anything that we do, anything that, that our spirit, not our intellect thinks of or is reminded of, that's culturally relevant, even in a confined space as a cell or, or a space within a jail. I, I think um, I think practising mm. art in jail is um, a really positive way to keep culturally connected, um, even if it is individual because you're by mm. yourself in a cell. Mm. Um, it, it does take you into that daydreaming space where you're dreaming out the window. Mm. Um, except your window's a, a page in front of you or or a chop bone, as one of my friends used to use. They, they wouldn't give her any paper, so she started using people's chop bones out of their meals. <laughs> as what? As canvases. She'd paint on them. Oh, wow. Yeah, she'd dry them out and, and dry them out in the sun and then use them to paint on. Wow. Can I tell you the very first poem I read? What was that? It was a poem called My Favourite Drop. It was the very first class I had in secondary school. I walked into a humanities class. I still remember the teacher's name. His name was Noel McMahon, but we called him Noddy because he looked like Noddy the gnome, you know. (laughs) Yep, yep. And the poem... He goes to the students, he said, oh, what I want you to do is write a poem that explains you. And I've gone, Scheisenhausen, how the, what goes on here? How do I do this? <laughs> and I writ this poem, it's called My Favourite Drop. And it goes, trickling down the waterfall, freely one by one forming into clouds of spray glistening in the sun, crashing to disaster, my water drop is done, left the short life of loneliness and gathered back as one. I've held on to that poem since I was 13 years old. They're beautiful words too. Obviously, what I said earlier, I watch a bullock in Gunajamara, so a lot of connections to both sides of the Grampians and... And uh, Hall's Gap is a meeting place, and there's a there's a massive story there about uh, Turingal, the emu, that created Hall's Gap. You know, it was yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. antagonised by uh, a possum, <laughs> and he chased possum around. And he kicked the mountain and split the split the mountain and uh, created Hall's Gap. Yeah. So, wow. Uh, both connections to the country is that's a centre point. It's like the epicentre for like uh, anything spiritual in uh, in accordance to Myself, um, I'm related to Harrison's, Arden's, Lovett's, Clark's, yeah. oh, everybody Hold almost, you know. Yeah. But I, I grew up in Horsham, and uh, 
or just around that area, I haven't travelled much because that's home to me. You know, you, you can feel it when you're when you're away from it. And there's this invisible border when I cross back into my country. I just feel better. I feel rejuvenated. I suppose like all the other boys would. And uh, like uh, Norm, you know, Bunjil and uh, like the Eagle is is um, I suppose. He's a creator spirit, yeah. and the story there, there's Bunjil's Cave up there. But we talk about the Halls Gap. There's this place in Halls Gap called um, Silver Band Falls. It's um, it's a birthing area. Yep, yep. I've and heard of it, but I've never really heard the story or oh, well, you, been you, there to see. You go down the trail to um, this, uh, it's like a little waterfall, and it's a creek and all that sort of stuff, and there's this tree on the side. And it's, it's a birthing place, and it's really powerful. I suppose oh. that, like we're talking about um, genetic memory and all that yep. sort of stuff, you yeah. go down there, you can just feel it all, you know. And uh, that, that's my connection to down there. And um, all, the, all this stuff I've, I've learnt through, like, experience, you know. Experience that, you, that the things you've been through didn't identify them then, but identify them now. You know their um, significance. Yeah. You know, so, like, we've all got a history and we've all got a future. It, what resonates in between is the thing that, that defines who you are. And I think that's uh, the path the of my journey that I'm on. Yeah. It's the journey. I'm on that journey yeah. now, you know, and I'm, I've sort of like come to a, a realisation about, you know, who I am, who we are as a people and yeah. what we've been through, where we are. And I, I guess where we're headed and the thing about where we're headed as, as a people as a nation, is determined by us, you know. So you celebrate NADOC week, you know, sorry to jump ahead, but you celebrate no, right. NADOC week and it's, it's about unity yeah. and it's about the journey. You're listening to 20 Years on the Inside, reflecting on 20 years of Beyond the Bars, a unique live radio series coordinated by 3CR Community Radio in Nam, Melbourne. The girls and I here just on the Maramali programs. How was the Maramali? Yeah, it was really good. It was a big eye opener. Yes. What is Maramali? Uh, Maramali is a. Um, Spiritual healing program um, with Arnie Lorraine and Arnie Lorraine Peters, yeah, yeah, yeah. and her daughter Sean, and um, yeah, it took us on a journey that I think a lot of us needed to take, and I know I needed to take. Um, yeah, I, I don't how, know. How many days so, was it over? Uh, it went for five days, from Monday through to Friday. Yeah. Oh, great. And, yeah, we went every day, and every day we learnt something new. About um, about ourselves and you know the choices we've made, the paths we've taken, where we've ended up, how we can change decisions that we've made and make better choices and take a different path. And yeah, it was just it was a really good, really really good. I enjoyed it. Can you sort of tell us your beginnings or or where you come from, Um, Danielle? Oh, I think if you feel comfortable, a lot of my problems st- started from a very young age. Mm. Um, you know, a lot of things that I've seen and that happened when I was a child. Mm. 
um, that led into my teenage years of starting to abuse drugs and alcohol. Um, not so much hanging out with the wrong crowds. I think I was the wrong crowd. Um, but, yeah, and just uh, as I got older, I just went further into denial about things and abused more drugs and I've, you know, started crime and it's just ended me up here. And uh, since I've been here, I've had time to, you know, sort of reflect on things and have a good look at, you know, my past and my life and what's happened, where it's gotten me to. And then doing the Maramali program um, mm. just opened my eyes to different ways of changing things. And I think when I get out of here, there'll be some really, really big changes happening, so, mm. like personally mm. for myself. So, I mean, being here, I'm, I'm getting nothing done. I'm not spending time with my children. I'm yeah. not growing within myself. I'm yeah. not, you know, watching my children grow and... And you know, I'm you know, I'm not spending time with my mum like I'd like yeah. to and stuff. And so yeah, it's it's been a big eye opener ending Beautiful. up here. So but yeah, I won't be coming back. Well, we congratulate sure. Danielle. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, thank you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Australia, a forgetful nation, went and lost a whole generation. Where oh where could those people be? Where did you put those Aborigine? Those ones you stole from their sacred ground. You know you put them somewhere, but where can they be found? Wait, there's one now, hiding behind that tree. You better lock him up, maybe throw away the key. And what about his mum, eh? And where the hell's his dad? And why is that one there, walking round alone and sad? It's cause you went and lost us all, you sick and sorry fools. You lost us in your foster homes, your missions and your schools. You scattered us from one end of this wide brown land to the other and took us from our mums and dads, our sisters and our brothers. But you're sorry now, I hear you say. You didn't mean to lose us. You've even made a sorry day and think that that excuses. As if for your crimes that atones and makes it all all right. A day of being sorry we were black instead of white. I reckon we'll just grab your laptops and take your mobile phones and take your education and bleep and find our own way home. Did you ever have peace at any time when you were in there, even though you were in there? Um, yeah, when I was writing. Okay. When I was writing, I, I used to get up at around 3, 3.30 in the morning. 3.30 I'd feel like I'd slept in. Um, I've been doing it for years before and since. But especially in jail, it was for about four hours I wasn't in jail. I was I was just not there. I was daydreaming. Hmm. You know, I, I I could have been anywhere. And all all the good words came to me then. Like I'd wake up with them. They they'd be they'd be in my head. When I woke up, which was fortuitous, <laughs> mm. <laughs> but um, it was like I wasn't in jail. It was a li- it was a little kind of brief window of freedom. Like I couldn't go anywhere, but I didn't want to, you know, because it was, you know, the middle of the night. But yeah, your subconscious was so close. 
And it was um, such a relatively quiet time. Like you could integrate those kind of sounds that time of night into your, yeah, so it was just, you know, white noise. Mm. You didn't notice it. Um, so in a, in a way it was a, a little bit of remission and and the um, the fact of, writing things down and it was sort of almost like talking about them or talking to them, talking with them. Conversations. Yeah. With those, yeah, the, your thought, the thought patterns. Yeah. Yeah. Culture enters any space it wants to at any time. If I truly believe, I could close my eyes now and I could go back to country if I wanted to. And that's what you were doing when, at three o'clock in the in the morning, every time you sat to write, you were not there. You had travelled. That's that connection to culture, Rick. Well, when I found out. Pop's mum had come from Browlee. I got Beth to download everything she could find on Browlee for me and, you know, just kind of read it all. Mm. And there was um, there was a story about a, a shipwreck that had happened at Browlee and... Um, the local Aboriginal people had rescued 11 of the, a lot of people died, but they'd rescued 11 people from the surf. It was a big storm and um, they made a human chain out into the surf and rescued 11 of the passengers and crew. So I made up this, this story and I'm writing it at that time of the day. You know, that's when I did my writing. Mm. And um, after I got out, TJ and I and my grandson, we all went down and booked a holiday house in in Browley. It was a real run-down old house, you know, real Mm. sort of, you know, probably, I don't know how much of a beach shack it was. It looked like it must have been something that had had workers there. There were... um, rooms, locked off rooms that were just obviously workers' rooms. Yeah, just a, anyway, it was a bit Do not enter. Kind of thing, yeah. Yeah. But it was a beautiful old place in amongst all the McMansions and right on the top of this cliff. And when we got there and had a look around, it was exactly what I described in my story. Everything was was where I said it would be in mm. in the story, and, and I was just making it up. I was just making it up from a story about a shipwreck, you know. But I made up this whole, um, you know, caves on the side of the cliff and trek up to the up to the caves, um, how things were on the beach, where it was from the rocks um, that they that they crashed on, stuff like that. 
and even all the nautical terms I mm. got right. And um, I made a, a story about my great-great-grandparents, I suppose it would have been, how they became an Aboriginal and an Irish couple. Mm. Yeah, that's that's how they met. She she rescued him. And who's yeah. that on which side, your mum or your dad's side? On my mum's side. Yeah. We are one. We are who we are and who we are is one big black family that shouldn't drift away from each other because we're not as strong as we are as one. We have to remember something. Our ancestors are always with us no matter what we do, but we have to remember another thing. We are here for a reason too. We have to be good role models. We have to look after our younger generation. Alcohol and drugs are no fun because each time we drink or use a needle, we're killing a part of our spirit, and that means a part of our culture dies too. This is to all my brothers and sisters. To my sisters, stand up and choose the right path. Now to my brothers, you know what we've got to do? We've got to be the warriors and lead our people for our struggle. Next time we'll hear about the long-term emotional and spiritual impacts of the prison system and institutionalisation. And the devastating consequences on people's values, behaviour and very being. On today's episode, you heard from Roy, Jody, James, Danielle and others in prisons across Victoria. As well as Beyond the Bars broadcasters, Shira Lee Hood, Kerry Lee Harding and Johnny Mack. So thanks for listening to this episode of 20 Years on the Inside. The podcast series was produced by 3CR Community Radio in Nam, Melbourne, on the lands now called Australia, with the financial support of the City of Yarra. For more information, head to 3cr.org.au forward slash beyond the bar. We hope you've learned something by listening to 20 Years on the Inside and that it's given you some insight into the prison system and the experiences of people on the inside. The series was produced in solidarity with black, indigenous and people of colour in prisons everywhere around the world. United we stand stronger. Together we are undefeatable. Thanks to production team Arijna, Juliet Fox and Fiona Dean. I'm Vicky Roach. And I'm Kutcher Edwards. Toodaloo, folks.